You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 258, an interview with wealth, relationship, and soul mentor, Mina Irfan. Hello, everybody. This episode, episode 258, Mina Irfan. She is the universe guru on YouTube. So before you, before you even continue to listen, go to YouTube, look up the universe guru. You will find Mina. Today's interview is, whew, how do you describe it? Powerful isn't even the right word, especially given the time that we're in dealing with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. And even if you're listening to this, months or even years after we have come through this life storm that no one saw coming. There is power in this episode because as a wealth relationship and soul mentor, Mina talks about what it takes, whether in good times or bad, what it takes to really attract the love, life, and wealth you desire. Who do you have to be? How do you need to show up for yourself? And what can we do in really challenging times? to be authentic and true to ourselves, but also to own our power no matter what is going on. This is an amazing episode, an amazing interview with a phenomenal woman who really calls forth in all women the power that they have within themselves. So let's get to this powerful interview. Mina Rafan. Mina, thank you so much for for joining us for She Runs a Show. Can I say one thing though? All of your videos... Your backgrounds are so beautiful isn't even the right word. They're so nourishing. Nourishing is the right word. Oh, thank you so much. Energy is, I mean, you bring such divine feminine energy. And I think one of the powerful things that I find about your work, you know, as the universe guru, helping women understand how to usher in the divine feminine, how to be powerful in the divine feminine. What I love about your work is, you really teach how to actually do that for women who are breadwinners in many cases, working a lot of hours, juggling multiple things all the time. And you find a way to bring that nourishing quality to their spiritual journey. How do you do that? Ah, thank you so much, Cassandra. That feels so good to hear that. Um, it, it's really good to hear that because I did spend most of my teenage years and adult life in my masculine energy. And so um, when I came to this work, you know, I wasn't attracted towards the 1940s style housewife, you know, because that's, it's, it seems, it seems feminine, but it also seems outdated. And so I think one of the biggest things I want to say about feminine energy, I think this turns off really powerful, go-getting, high-achieving women who have worked their butts off to create this beautiful life, their careers, their homes, their wealth. And now we're showing them, you know, feminine energy in an outdated way. They're like, no, you know, uh, my grandmother, my mother, like fought for all of these rights, and I'm not about to go backwards. And so the first thing I want to say is that feminine energy in the modern way in the 21st century is not going to look the same way as it did in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. But that doesn't mean that we can't take that and then take um, our newly uh, earned (laughs) manifested masculine ways and merge them. And so it's not about going backwards. It's about taking it and moving forward. For example, I had some people watch my feminine energy, uh, you know, content on YouTube and then write, yes, feminism and this, this and that. And I'm like, well, um, the modern day feminine energy is about taking feminism, the, the good, the healthy side of it. Like, you know, there's always an unhealthy wounded side of everything, the healthy side of it, merging it with feminine energy and creating the activated feminine, which is the million dollar babe, which is the high end divinity, which is the high priestess. And that's you and I, the, the modern version of that. I love it. Now, I don't even know where to start because I have so many questions for you. Talk to me a little bit about how you how you got on this journey. I think overachieving women, I was watching your feminine energy video and I had this burning question of like, I've been a breadwinner and it is so hard to usher in the divine feminine when your masculine 
is what is helping you provide for your family. Your masculine is what is driving things and making sure that everything works the way it's supposed to work. And so talk to me about your own journey through that and, and how you came to do this work also in the realm of what we're dealing with today. I think a lot of overachieving women are going right into the masculine with what's going on today. So how did you evolve and, and what words do you have for women on, on how to also take the same journey? Mm, okay. So at the time, I didn't know this, but this whole um, masculine energy way of being runs in my family, which is unusual for the culture that I'm from. So, you know, my parents are from India, Pakistan, and then background in the Middle East. So, you know, when you think of that culture, especially in my mom and my grandmother's generation, you think, you don't think of the breadwinner. That's not going to be your first thought, right? But strangely so, both my, my maternal and my paternal grandmothers ended up being the breadwinners in their home. And my mother was um, 19 when she came to the U.S., pregnant with me, barely spoke a word of English, had very outdated schooling, ended up being the breadwinner. And so when I ended up being the breadwinner in my previous marriage, I didn't know this was ancestral trauma that I was now living through once again so that I could be the one that finally broke that pattern and healed through it. So Cassandra, to, to kind of go a little bit for, for my quick history, when my first memory is of me being five years old, being sexually molested by a male babysitter. Then this happened again when I was eight and this happened again when I was 12. And then in my early 20s, I was brutally raped, uh, drugged and raped. So I have a lot of masculine energy trauma. I also didn't realize I was blaming my father for allowing these men to enter our lives. These were people my parents chose to enter into our lives. Um, and so, so I've got this like, men cannot be trusted. You know, you can't even trust your own father, like let alone masculine energy. And so I became masculine energy. I was the one that, um, did everything that I set out to do. Like by the time I was 24, I was, um, I was already a single mom from that previous marriage. Um, I was earning six figures, a Northwestern University student, all like just doing it all right. Sleeping three hours a night and then doing the whole thing over again, not realizing that underneath it all, there was so much trauma, so much wounding. My body was always in this low grade pain um, in my early 20s. I was losing hair by the bunches. My mother used to joke that you should get into the wig business because uh, you. I was shedding hair like you won't believe. I had these really weird rashes on my back that would appear. I had uh, people would say, you know, every time I would complain about my knees and my joints, they would say, you sound like you're 90, you're 28 years old, right? So it was like my body, my soul was screaming out saying, stop, stop, stop. But I didn't know this. So uh, I guess the last straw came when I, 28, the recession of the 28th, my real estate business crashes. That same year, um, my mom gets diagnosed with a last stage ovarian cancer. I'm a single mom. It's like my entire world keeps comes crashing. But I also... Um, meet and manifest the my soulmate or my love list as I often talk about and we get married and now it's supposed to be my forever ever happy after right my fairy tale okay so I make my ha mom happy she's like yes finally Mina settled down I get to be a stay-at-home mom for my son right and so now it's going to be perfect and then shit hits the fan because now my body's like, oh, okay, now is a good time for us to bring up all the stuff that you've been repressing. So let's just do it. And while we're at it, let's just bundle it up and throw it at the one man that's in front of you and supposed to be your partner in life because he's masculine. And we know the masculine can't be trusted. And so I went to war. I didn't realize this energetically, physically with my husband it was like we were constantly kind of two nervous systems attacking each other and he's like what gives right um we're supposed to be newly wed he becomes an overnight father with my with my son and it was like oh my god it all just came up cassandra to be healed but i'm thinking of course everything's his fault exactly <laughs> 
Well, and, and I guess that brings up another question for me. I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can see the things that we're not ready to see. And the universe has a beautiful way of, of showing us things when we are ready for them. And when you look at what's going on right now with the coronavirus and with people having to stay in their homes and, and again, another recession coming our way, a lot of people are being forced to face their traumas, maybe when they're not even ready for them, but now they're sitting with themselves. They have to come home to themselves. What do you say to all those individuals who are now enclosed with their own trauma? Mm. So I was talking to... Uh, a girlfriend of mine earlier, we did a, we did a, just a hangout like this. And I was, you know, I was telling her that the same people, at least in my community, the same people that were complaining before about not having enough time with their husbands, not having time to work out, not having time to meditate. But Mina, I don't have time to journal. I don't have time to spend with my kids are the same exact people that are complaining about being stuck at home now, stuck with their husbands, stuck with their kids. <laughs> I have too much time. I'm bored. I'm, I'm stir crazy. And the, it's like, be careful what you ask for, right? It's, I look at the mother goddess sitting up in the sky saying, you know what? Time for plan B because these people are just not ready. So let's just, uh, please activate the virus so everyone can go home and finally face this collective trauma, right? And I'm not one for spiritual bypass. I, I like to have my feet firmly grounded on the planet, in the roots. That's why we're here manifesting the light, this life, but also keeping a, I call it zooming in and zooming out. So I think there is a physical manifestation happening. And yes, it's sad to watch what's happening in the healthcare industry and the loss and the grief and all of that. And that's very real. And I'm here, um, you know, praying and, and suffering through that just like everyone else. But at the same time, it's also nice to zoom out and see oh my God, we're stepping into a whole new collective paradigm. And we really had to go home, physically, like literally locked down. And now it's time to go home. And yes, there's going to be um, the things that we have to face in our marriage now all of a sudden, because now we're co-working together, parenting together. We're homeschooling our kids all the time. But this is the life that you've created and manifested. And if you are going crazy, at home, being stuck with your own family, that's a big wake-up call now, isn't it? What do you do about that? Like, what do you do when you come home and you realize that you don't like what home is? Mm -hmm. I, I, this brings to mind in your videos when you talk about be, being the reciprocal. Are you the reciprocal? And having your love list. Well, when you're at home with yourself and you have to be, and you start to look in the mirror and go, I don't really like who I'm seeing. What is your next step with that? Oh, I love that. And the first step with that, just to be accept the reality of, oh my God, I've worked my entire life to manifest this home, this husband, if you're married, right? This man or this singlehood, whatever it is, my children. And something about receiving it now feels really uncomfortable for me. So sitting with that and just saying, okay, well, this is where I am. Why does it feel so uncomfortable to be at home in my body, in my actual physical home? Why do I have to constantly escape from my children, my home, my whatever it is that you're trying to internally escape? And for most women, Cassandra, the, the thing is that it's not that they don't like what they've manifested. Most people love their spouses and their children and their homes and their careers. It's just that they've never been available to receive it, to really receive it. And so it, your nervous system is not primed for that. And so it feels like, like, yes, I wanted to be home and I wanted all this time and I want it, oh, but it feels really uncomfortable. And I can give you a real life example for this. When I was a single mom working 18 hour days, right? Cause I was a full-time student at Northwestern working in my business and then picking up my kid from my mom's house and bringing him home and the nannies and shuffling him around. My, if you caught me then and you would say, Mina, you can have anything. I'm your fairy godmother. What would you want? I would say, Oh my God, I would give you anything. My soul to be able to stay at home with my child, spend more time with him, right? All of that work out, read. I love to read, but here's what happened. When I became a stay-at-home mom, right, the soulmate that I need 
the love of my life. He gives me this beautiful opportunity. He says, you know, we just moved states. We've uprooted your child, you know, um, from away from his grandparents. I don't, I don't think if you would be okay, I think that you should be a stay-at-home mom to help him transition. <gasps> oh my God. Yes, please. I'll take you, right? But here's what happened. Within the next few weeks, I found myself going into depression. Waking up and feeling really uncomfortable. For When I, we would go to the grocery store and he would pay for groceries, I would feel like I wanted to crawl out of my body and hide because I had never had a man pay for anything. I was the breadwinner in my previous marriage. So since I was 16, I had been working. I remember this one time my dad was literally crying, like literally because I wouldn't let him pay for my deodorant when I was 16. I was like, no, like I work now and like I'm an independent dad, you know, get with the times kind of thing. So I had never experienced receiving from a man and I was so uncomfortable. And then I was like hanging out in my PJs, feeling sorry for myself. And then I'm like, what the F Mina? You just last year, you were like, I would give anything to spend time with my son to work out, to not have to go to work to have my necessities paid for so I can focus on reading and, and focus on like my own personal development. You have been handed over on a silver platter, this opportunity. And now you're going to sit here and mope about it. So that was such a big aha moment for me. The next day, Cassandra, I started treating myself like the CEO of my life. I would wake up, get dressed, put my makeup on. My husband was like, are you going somewhere? No, you know, have like a structure, um, I would take out, you know, the, what I was going to plan for dinner and, and take out the re uh, recipe for that, spend time with myself. I started running my life like I had, was the queen and things started shifting. And I said, what were the things that I said I wanted to do before? Oh, work out. Okay, now I can work out. Read. I wanted to read. I'm going to read now. Personal development. That, so this is where everyone is right now. Every single one of us in every part of the world are slowly moving towards lockdown. You guys have been asking for this. Now, don't act like you, can, you can't receive it. Don't act like this is a zombie apocalypse going on. You manifested this. Be honest about it. Most people wanted to, the opportunity to be able to work from home or, or change careers or homes. Whatever it is, like you get to create. You've been just handed the raw ingredients. And you get to create the recipe from that. Like, what are you going to do with it? How do, so I completely agree and, and beautifully said, we put this order into the cosmic kitchen. It has come out of the cosmic kitchen. Now it's time to eat the meal and feel really good in the process. What are the, the steps that people now need to take to become the CEO of their own lives? Mm, okay, so I have these four frequencies, Cassandra, that I talk about. Basic babe, which is like every, every, most, a lot of women. Well, I, I would say maybe more women fall right now in the self-aware activated Barbie. But so there's basic babe, which is the wounded feminine. This is the woman that's judging, complaining, fear consciousness. Everything is someone else's fault and happening to me because of you. If you could just stop talking stop doing this, stop doing that. If I could just control you, like everything would be fine in my life, right? Then there's the self-aware Barbie. This is the person that's like, screw the world. Like if, if it's going to be done, I've got to do it. Super masculine energy, super resentful on the inside, starting to manifest an autoimmune disease and all kinds of stuff, doesn't know it yet, addicted to her to-do list. Then there's the million dollar babe, which is the fully integrated feminine and divine masculine. And then there's the high priestess, which is the high end divinity is what I call it. So in, to answer your question, if see where you are. Are you in basic babe? If you are basic babe mode, you're going to be super lazy right now. You're going to be super passive. You're going to be probably eating a lot of the snacks that you have uh, stockpiled. And <laughs> you're going to be in that like, oh my God, I'm hiding under a cave. Let's just numb ourselves out. You are in the self-aware Barbie mode, you are super high strung energy right now. You are trying to homeschool to perfection. God damn it. You're <laughs> get all of your work done. You're controlling it all. Super to-do list, super organized, but super like uh, energy ready to explode at any single thing that goes wrong. Right now, if you're in the million dollar babe, this is where we're going to try to get you. But if you're first try to figure out where you are, 
if you're in the basic babe, you, we need to get a system where you're in feminine flow, but you're else also getting some stuff done. And if you're in the self-aware Barbie, we, girl, we got to bring you down a couple of notches. It doesn't have to be exactly perfect. Like I see so many people freaking out trying to do homeschool the way schools did it. Okay, this isn't about trying to bring a structure to our home and run it the same way. Newsflash, this is why the world just broke because it wasn't working. So this isn't us trying to replicate the old way. It's about changing it to something that actually does flow better with the new level of uh, human consciousness that we're walking into, right? So I'm about to post a video on YouTube actually this weekend called the lazy homeschooling technique that helped my kids skip two grades and it's not running it to perfection the way schools do. And they run it great. Oh my God, I have a newfound respect for our teachers, but it doesn't have, this is the divine mother saying that's been broken for a while. Let's fix it. Exactly. So um, it, what you can do right now, if you're at home watching this or listening to this is go inward and say, if, okay, if I could rebuild this whole system, my body, my home, my family, like if I if I had everything, access to it all, how would I redesign it? How would I redesign parenting? How would I redesign my uh, relationship to money? How would I redesign my relationship to my body, to my husband, to my household? I get to do it now and I have a lot of times to do it this isn't about trying to make it the way it was before still function. You know, someone was saying the other day, uh, when is it going to get back to normal? I'm like, God, no. If it went back to normal, we will be here again next year. Exactly. This isn't to go back to normal. It's to go forward into a completely new, newly balanced. Uh, you know, I have nothing against the divine masculine. I'm not one of those people that blames men for all of the women's, you know, all of society's vows. But I do think that we have all collectively been calling for a huge mass balancing and this is it this is it it, it, it is it now what do you say to uh, I'm especially thinking about women who really have lived for so long in their masculine that, that the divine feminine feels like a stranger and now they're in their home with their families that probably feel kind of like strangers too. And so they're dealing with all of this. Like when you're dealing with so much stuff, I think of what you said about, you know, you're newly married to your husband and he's like, what's going on when all of your trauma you were dealing with, how do we, how do we deal with the trauma in a way that is loving and nurturing and nourishing even though those around us may be like, whoa, I didn't know we had these kinds of issues going on. Yes. Okay. So let me uh, back up and, and give you guys like a little, um, let's, let's do like a little visualization kind of thing. So imagine there was a world and it's not going to be very hard for you guys to imagine because this was our world. Imagine a world where um, everyone was the same gender, right? There's no gender. And there was only energy and there was a just two energies. There was giving energy and receiving energy. But for whatever reason, there was only giving energy going on. So every single human being on this planet was giving, building, giving, doing. But there was no one ever to receive it. There was no one to see what you were building, to take the gift, to um, take the compliment, to receive the meal that was cooked. Like everyone, there was just all this stuff being given, but there was no one on the other side. And let's say that us, um, an alien comes from another planet and on their planet, they don't have any giving, they just have some receiving. And so this this being comes and this being is walking around and, and she's like, oh, thank you so much for this meal. I love it. Thank you so much. And she's just eating it. And now all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, like they just want to give her some more to, to see how that feels to, to be on the other end and watch someone. And then she walks and she's like, oh my God, who built this beautiful structure? You built this? I love it. May, may I please go in and, and sit in it for shelter? And, you know, it goes, yes, yes. And she opens the door and she goes in and she says, oh, this feels fabulous. I'm just, I think I'm just going to rest over here. And then someone else says, oh, I built this, this sofa. Maybe you want to sit oh my goodness, just put it right over there. Oh, I could just, just get so cozy in this sofa. How would that feel to the people that were just there manufacturing, doing all this stuff, right? Now, 
let's come back to our own planet for a second. So you as a woman have been doing, giving, making, manufacturing, but there has been no one to receive it. And I'm not talking about your husband and your children. Have you sat down and received your own doing, right? I remember when I was in my self-aware Barbie mode, I would just have this to-do list and it was bottomless pit, right? And then one day I just sat down and I was just like, oh my God, I can't like, I had young kids, I had joint pain. This was just when my autoimmune disease was really coming to the forefront. So I'm like, oh, right? And in that moment, I saw my to-do list and I noticed that I had checked off like eight things. But two seconds before, I was just focused on the three that I hadn't done. And I'm like, well, oh my God, I got those three done things done, eight things done, despite having the joint pain and young children. And okay, oh, that feels good. And in that moment, what I unknowingly did was just received everything that I had done. Yeah. My husband walked in. He was like, Oh, this is so good. Dinner and stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. You know, he's appreciating. And then I noticed he always says that I'm never there to hear it. Like I'm just in my like, da da da, gotta do this, gotta do that. The kids down, bad time. So I didn't notice that for years he would come home and say, Oh, uh, something smells good. What did you make? Like he was there to appreciate it. I wasn't even there to uh, uh, receive his appreciation. Yes. So right now, Yes, it seems like the world is breaking and all this is going on. But can we just for a moment receive whatever you do have? What have you accomplished? I have my all my girls do this thing. Um, create a uh, get a note, notebook paper, write on their mastered that. And write down anything that you have overcome. It can be the silliest thing. You can say I binge watched a Netflix document. I don't care. Write down everything. And write down and write down. I started with the obvious ones, uh, cured my autoimmune disease, helped my child was, uh, my oldest one was uh, diagnosed with a uh, learning uh, disability and speech impairment. And he's now two grades ahead of his peers. So he skipped two grades now. I mean, overcame that, you know, fixed my relationship, balanced my feminine masculine energy, stopped my hair loss, you know, all the lost 70 pounds. At first it was the obvious. Cassandra, as I kept going and flipping the pages and flipping the pages and flipping, I'm like, oh my God, this is like 10 women's life. You lived, you're a cat. Like this is not normal. But I'm like every single woman out there probably has pages of things that she has done that she forgot to receive. What are the steps to receiving your own doing? Because I'm thinking now that we're all in our homes, now that more cities and states are going on lockdown, Uh, And people are alone with themselves in their homes, working from home. What are the steps to receiving what you're doing? Slow down. Slow down. Like almost, this is going to feel so uncomfortable. I know when I slow, I I was, I was like this, I was, someone had hit the, the, what is it? Like times two speed on me and forgot to stop it. I don't know what was going on. My kids would be like, mom, are we, are we going somewhere? Do you have to go somewhere? I would be like, no, why? Hurry up. Because you're you're rushing us, right? And I was just like, gotta get everything done. When I slowed down, it felt so uncomfortable. I wanted to like crawl out of my skin. Like it felt because your nervous system is just used to working really, really fast, right? And so slow down and what you start noticing. I Again, when I slowed down, I started noticing that my husband was constantly trying to flirt with me. And I was missing all of it. In fact, I would say you are the most unromantic person I know. And when I slowed down and started noticing all the little eye gazes, all the little jokes that he would make, um, I was like, oh my God, he is so super romantic. I am the most unromantic person ever because I've never been there to receive any of it. So slow down and start just observing everything you have already manifested, like your children, you know, your kids may be coming to you, showing you the drawings that they've made. And you're like, yes, yes, it's great, Johnny. And then you're like moving on to the next thing. I used to do that. But can you just stop for a second and notice it and notice the look on their face of giving this to you and receive it and breathe it in? Same thing with when you eat. Oh, my God. I'm, I had a friend back in the day in Chicago. That's where I'm born and raised. She would say, Mina, it's so embarrassing eating out with you. It's like you bringing a homeless person to the restaurant. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, 
you eat really fast. It's embarrassing. Stop it. I had never noticed that I just gulped on my food. And so retraining yourself to really, especially now, like there's all this scarcity around food and people are stockpiling. Notice the flavors. What are you eating? Breathe it in. Pray over it. You know, like um, you don't even have to belong to a religion to be able to just bless your food to, before you consume it. Clean it with your energy. Just simple things like that. Ta start taking inventory of everything that you currently have without add, having to add in a single thing. And you'll realize that you are way more blessed than like 90% of the planet and you don't even realize it. Absolutely. Wow. That's it. It's so funny you say that because I was raised by a single mother and we have to, I have to eat breakfast so fast. And so I have to slow myself down when I eat because it's like, I'm no longer that five-year-old who has to eat in three minutes to get to school on time. And so I think a lot of that is so powerful. I want to go back to the, the idea of ancestral trauma because I watched one of your videos and you told a story, I believe it was about one of your family members who'd married somebody who was very, very wealthy, very, very well off, and all, they lost all of their money. Like it was some sort of pattern that I don't think that family member knew was there. And But how do you uncover ancestral patterns that you don't even know are there, but are affecting your relationships and your money and your life? Oh, this is so good. And this is why every single one of my programs intensive, I go back there. Even when women will be kicking and screaming, saying, I've done my inner work. I'm like, hold on a second, though. We're mining for gold right now. So um, it's it's always like when you're looking for your keys and they're like the first place you had looked, but you were just in a different kind of mental state. So go back. And this isn't about shaming, blaming at the end of the day, my parents were immigrants in this country and they did the best they can with the level of consciousness and survival that they had at the time, right? So my parents are more uh, both deceased now, but it, but I still had to go back and say, okay, what were the negative things that I learned with my mom? And I have them do this for every category, right? So if we're talking about a pattern, so for example, let me give you an example. In the sacred feminine intensive where we're just doing inner work, I have them write down write down mom, and then write down what are the positive things that I learned about uh, feminine energy from my mother? And what are the negative things that I learned about uh, feminine energy from my uh, mother? Same thing with your dad and start seeing if you if underlining, like, are you still seeing some patterns here? So for example, when I did this for myself, I learned that my well, my mother, I knew my mother was the breadwinner. But there were some negative things I learned, like she was constantly demeaning my father, uh, making really weird, like kind of just demasculating uh, comments about him. And I was registering all of this. And so I had this trauma and like this anger towards the masculine always letting us down. So when I did marry a very high value masculine man that wanted to provide for me, I had a beautiful rock solid love list. I manifested it exactly. And, but I couldn't receive anything because it was like you, you masculine, right? It was that trauma. And I started doing the same exact behaviors. The things that my mom would say to my dad, I was saying to my husband, but it didn't make sense in that context at all. Exactly. So go back and see what's going on. I, it, even at this time when I was doing my own work, Cassandra, I still didn't even pick up the fact that both of my grandmothers had ended up being um, breadwinners in a country where that was like unheard of. Yeah. And so now, but why does it keep ha happening? So why do we repeat ancestral trauma so that, I mean, scientifically speaking, first of all, it's our subconscious programming. That's what we pick up. And when we're under six, we're in a state of hypnosis. And so we pick it up and that gets programmed. And the 5% conscious mind says, yes, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to manifest money and I'm going to da da da. And the subconscious 95% says, nope, that's too risky. That's uncomfortable. We're not doing change right now. You might get killed back to back to what's comfortable right that's the scientific now spiritually speaking it's coming back hoping that now you're gonna break that cycle you're going to be the one that breaks that cycle that's why the saying that when you heal one woman you heal seven generations back and seven generations forward my daughter is not going to end up being the female breadwinner because i've broken that cycle right here how 
I think so many people are filled with panic right now because I think about the work that you're talking about in the sacred feminine. And I think a lot of people think I need to be in a peaceful state to go deep. I need to be in a certain place. Things have to be, you know, perfect. Um, I've got to be ready to do that work. But I think what you said earlier about we asked for this experience so we could move to a new level of life. But a lot of people think, I'm panicking, I'm buying too much toilet paper, I'm hoarding everything, I can't do this kind of trauma. And so what do you say to people who think that this is not the right time for them to do their work? This is every single woman that comes to me says the exact same thing. It's like, you know, you know us, you get it. So, and, and so here's what I say. I say, what if I told you that in, there is a different paradigm of time where time moves very differently. And in this paradigm, you're going to get have time to get everything done. Time will slow down and bow down to you. And, but you can't like do it in this paradigm. Like you can't do it in that rush energy and you can't afford not to do it. So it's like, it's like, I'm guaranteeing that I will make it so that you have more than 24 hours in a day. I'm guaranteeing it that now I have their attention because they think it's like, I don't have the time. I'm like, no, I'm not using up the time that you already don't have. I'm creating a whole new level. I just had a, a, a woman just, just signed up into my million dollar babe program. This is the sacred feminine and my abundance training that I do last week. And she, she was going back and forth with me for a week saying, I don't have the time. I'm in school. I'm also working. A week later, just before I hopped in this call, she put a testimonial on my, my public, like my Facebook group saying, Oh my God, I'm in a completely different paradigm. She's like, I can't believe that I'm feeling this much joy, bliss and abundance when everyone else is freaking out because you just entered a different state. It's like, um, if you were on an escalator going up, and you want it to stop, but you're like, no, I can, and people are like, here, I can help you stop. But you're like, no, now is not a great time because I'm all, I'm, I can't stop. Like, but they're like, but if you just came over here, you would stop. They're like, no, but now is not a good time because I'm, I'm on it. I'm going, it's, you see what's happening here? It's like we're here waving the flag going, just come over here because everything will change on this, on this paradigm. So, and, and you, there are a lot that keep doing it going and you just detach and you let them do it. And then they come back. I have so many, Oh my God, Cassandra, I'm getting so many messages from nurses right now saying, Nina, I've been saving up for this. And I, I, you know, I didn't want, I I didn't have time before, but you know, my boss is making me rewear my mask. That's severely contaminated. I think I just contaminated like so many patients. They're making us work 48 hour shifts. I'm ready. What were you saying about that business program? I'm ready. So it's like, it's their being forced. They manifested this. Yes. They wanted to do it. They knew all along they were saving up for it, but they needed something really hard. Like some of us, I always, you know, I was the, I was the type of person that had to learn my lessons the hard way. You know, those type of people. I do because I'm that type of person. I luckily I've stopped that pattern, but oh my God, it was like, I could, and I had to learn, do the same mistake several times to learn from, I don't know what was wrong with me, but, but like that's, those are the people where it's like, you're hit so hard. You're like on the bathroom floor, like, oh my God, God help me. And then you awaken like that's, this is, this is it. This is it. How do you choose Uh, You know, because I've been working a lot over the last couple of years of not being the person who has to learn the hard way five different times with five different people, the lesson that the universe has been trying for me to graduate from that classroom from. How do you, when you're that type of person, um, trust ease and flow in learning and moving on? Mm, I love that. Okay. So first and foremost, know that that is a state of consciousness that is underlying. Like I I know this because I think I had infected my oldest son with that too, because he was the same way. And so when I changed this, I had a talk with him. I told him, you know, I've learned that I was this type of person and I shared with him many stories. And he's like, mom, I could see this in myself. I'm like, I'm starting to see it too. So he's like, how did you change? They said, I just decided that I was no longer going to be that type of person. And the first step was slowing down because when you're really moving fast, it's, it's really easy to miss everything. It's easy to miss love. You know why we do it? It's like we speed up because we're so afraid of uh, feeling pain and trauma. 
So we think if we just stay 10 steps ahead of our own self, we numb the body, right? So this is especially true of, uh, uh, of um, like abuse victims. Like I was like sexual abuse victims, but many of us are actually also uh, trained in this just from society is that when you harden your body, like if someone's ever said to you, big, you know, boys don't cry or big girls don't cry or um, we can't do this right now. Go over there and, and, you know, play and be quiet. Like if you've ever been shut down, if you've ever had to numb your body because you're being abused or molested or bullied, what happens that it's, it's you keep your body in that slightly numb state because you don't want to feel the pain of what you've gone through. But if, when you're numb, you're also not feeling pleasure. You're also not feeling love. You're also not there to receive the compliment. Like I was the queen of, Oh, I just, I got this from Target for $2, you know, or you too, you too, right away, right? It's like, it's like ping pong that compliment right off of me. Right back at them. You're like, okay, can't, I can't receive this. Right, your your turn, right? You just give it back. I, I still find myself sometimes doing, oh, this old thing, right? That that sort of thing. So you're, you're in this like numbed out state. This is why we have trouble meditating. Like I, when I start people with, um, you know, we, we, I have, um, a very simple meditation technique and a lot of meditation alternatives because it's so scary for some women to go down because yes, when you slow down, it's going to feel so uncomfortable. It's because you've never felt your body. You've numbed it and you've numbed it for good reasons. It's not even about shaming. I wrote a letter to my inner child to that five-year-old that had gone numb. And I said, thank you so much for keeping me in fear, for keeping me in scarcity, for numbing my body so that I didn't have to feel all of that pain. No child should have to go through that. Thank you. But I, I also want you to know that it ends up well. You're going to end up fabulous. You're going to end up abundant. You end up with this divine masculine presence, not only in your own in your own being, in, in source, but also in a masculine partner who's going to love you and adore you. You're never going to be abused again because you're going to have rock-solid boundaries. So I wrote this letter, and it was like this release, not from a place of shame, but from a place of that's what people, children do, and they do it for good reason as a protective mechanism, but we no longer need that programming now. So my number one tip for every single person watching there is that know it's going to be really uncomfortable, but slow down, slow down. You don't have to get everything done on that list. You don't have to homeschool perfectly. You don't eat like everything will run perfectly. Everything will function in the way that it's supposed to just slow down and become the observer for a while in your own body and in everything else and be ready for stuff to come up. You're going to cry. You're going to have anger come up. It's not anyone else's fault. It's coming up because it needs to be released. That's it. You just allow everything to come up, but release it in a, in a powerful way, not in a way where you wrap it up and throw it at someone else, but, but let it come up. Journal, meditate. I even I have my clients beat pillows. I'm like, get a little pillow. You can kiss it afterward and say, sorry. And, and let beat it out if you need to. Dance it out, right? Play some music and, and let it out of your body, what, whichever way you need to move. If you need to scream, scream. Tell your kids. My, my kids are used to this now. Like we do this exercise um, where we will just, because ah, a lot of people have uh, trauma and like just not being able to speak up all this trauma in their throat chakra kind of just stuck. That's why we feel a lump in our throat when we're holding ourselves back. Yes. Ooh. Whatever you need to do to just get it out. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie, but this is what we need to do to release it. That's that, that's so powerful. It's one of the reasons why I wear blue is to keep my throat chakra open. Mm. Um, let me ask you a question, Mina, because this is something I haven't heard people talk about as it relates to what we're currently experiencing. Everybody in their homes, everybody feeling kind of closed in, not able to do the things they want to do. I have a number of friends that um, whether they're breadwinners or not, they're dealing with relationship situations where it's not the best relationship. They're considering leaving the relationship. It could be a toxic relationship. They just feel they deserve more and they're coming into the knowing that they mm -hmm. can have more. But now when you're stuck at home with that person, mm -hmm. uh, not only are you facing your stuff, but you're also facing what you're coming to know about. Maybe this isn't the relationship for me. And having watched your videos, 
I noticed that you talk about having a love list and you talk about at the same time that you have a love list, are you the reciprocal? And so talk to me about what do you say to those women who are now working from home, maybe having to work beside a spouse or a partner or a boyfriend or what have you that they're sort of like not sure about and that person may not meet their love list, but they may not also be the reciprocal. Mina, what do you say to those people? Hmm. Okay. So let's take a step back and talk about what why a love list is so important. And I make every single, even married women have one. My love list saved my my marriage and I created it before I got married. And this was kind of like a ha ha, let's do this. Like, let's see if this is true kind of thing. So a love list isn't somewhere where you put necessarily like, oh, he has to be six, two or blah, blah, blah. Right. It's really sitting down and choosing the qualities of what you want in your ideal partner. And the qualities are based on your values. And why are we doing this? Because think of this, a healed woman that loves everyone, all humanity. She's not a judgmental person. She's a heal, like the ideal version of us. Like she could, at the end of the day, love all beings. But does that mean that she can live with and create a life with and a partnership with, with any man? Of course not, right? She needs a man based on her values. So I often give the example of, I had this dear man. He was a great guy, lawyer, successful, you know, good family, good values. But one of his values was in a marriage that all he wanted to do every weekend was go out and party. Like that was his thing. No judgment. That was his thing. So he got engaged to this lovely woman who was a doctor and her value was, I work so much. I'm so stressed out. I want a man that's, we're just going to relax and chill at home, like Netflix and chill. They're both amazing people, successful, happy, great values. Do their values match? No. <laughs> Age for seven years trying to make it work at each other's throats until they just realized that it wasn't going to work. They ended up marrying different people and became friends and remained friends. And it's not about like when I have women come to me and they're like, but Mina, he's such a great guy about their partners. I'm like, I'm sure he is. You know, most people are. We're not judging this based on if someone's a great person or not. We're judging it based on do they make a great life partner for us based on what we're trying to do in life? Yes. So what are what are your values? Like, what do you enjoy doing? What kind of a life do you want to create? The person that you marry, and I'm not sure about other countries, but in the United States where we live, this person, whether you like it or not, ends up being your business partner. You're going to buy a house with him. And I learned the hard way in my previous marriage. You know, he my my ex stole $80,000 from my bank account on his way out. And I couldn't do anything about it because they said you were married at the time. And so that's joint property, even though that was, you know, it was my own money that I had saved up while we were separated. Couldn't do anything about it. He left me with credit card debt because we were married at the time. So whether you like it or not, this person is legally your business partner. If you, God forbid, end up in an accident and on life support, this person gets to decide whether they're going to pull the plug on you or not. Yeah. Right? This person, your children will inherit 50% of their trauma. Ancestral trauma we were just talking about. Like, this isn't about going out there and finding someone perfect. No one's perfect, right? But you got you to gotta know what you're getting yourself into. And so... The reason I say my love list saved my marriage, Cassandra, is because when everything was like, you know, I would look at my love list and be really confused and be like, so I would be like, that's what I'm leaving. I'm like, I can't stand it. Then I would look at my love list and be like, but he is everything on that love list. And I would choose him again based on these qualities. What am I missing here? Am I, could it, like, wait a minute, right? Because I'm like, would I change anything off of this? No. So what I'm saying is that if I left him, I would still have the same love list to attract the next guy. So then what gives, right? Like, so it, like it was kept putting me in the mindset of mm -mm, there's something else iffy here. So how do you become the reciprocal? So let's say, let me give you some exact, exact examples from my love list. I still have it. And, and I, I feel kind of sad because I, it was, it was handwritten and some of the things got deleted off of there. I'm like, oh, just trust that they needed to be deleted. But I'm like, oh, I, I should have taken a picture or something. Yeah. So if you write in there that you want a masculine leader that's trustworthy, 
but you genuinely are just in your masculine leadership all the time and can't trust anyone else to lead, you are not the reciprocal of that. Because that man doesn't want someone that's going to be butting heads with him. Now, this doesn't mean that sometimes, even in my marriage, you know, in my conscious couples program, I teach people that sometimes you, as a woman, you will be the leader and he's going to be following. And sometimes he's going to be the leader and you're going to, but you need to be able to balance this out and not in a 50, 50 way, but in a very um, reciprocal feminine, masculine way. Right. So for example, I had on my list that I wanted someone that was funny and had a good sense of humor. And then I remember in the early days, this is so embarrassing. He would make jokes and I would be like, you're so stupid. That's not even funny. <laughs> and then he stopped being funny. He stopped joking with me. And then I would get really mad when we would go to parties and he was like joking around with other people. I'd be like, what the F? Like, he doesn't do that with me. Uh, duh, Mina, because you don't, you don't laugh at his jokes. Yeah. You say, so I wasn't a reciprocal of a man that's funny. That's it. (laughs) And so then how do you, I guess my question is how, how Mina do you become the reciprocal, especially if you're in a situation where let's say you've already married the person and you want somebody who is the masculine leader in your family, but you met them and attracted them when you were deeply in your masculine. And now that you're softening, you still have a partner that is not that. Yes. And you're at home with them all the time because of the coronavirus. What do you now do? You're stuck with them. Okay. So you, um, here, here's the interesting thing. So you would think, this is what most people think, and this was definitely my own mindset being raised in the U.S. and having survived the divorce, you think, oh, I can do this again, right? It's like with every divorce, it becomes easier, it seems like. So you're like, screw this. My sister was like, you always have one foot out the door. And it was such an aha moment when she said that because I was like, do I? Oh, my God, right? So most people think that you have to get rid of that partner now. But here's the thing. Here's the funny thing with the reciprocal list, that even when you were unconscious and you manifested this man in your unconscious, unaware state, you still, whether you like it or not, we're always just uh, manifesting our reciprocal. So if you were super high strung, super high masculine energy, you probably manifested the reciprocal of that who's going to be a man that's going to be super passive, super feminine energy. So what you think is that that's it. I just have to get rid of this guy and like, and then I'll heal and then I'll attract. But what if in the comfort of this man and and this marriage and everything you've already manifested, you start doing your healing work. And in 2018, I had worked with nine couples that came in. Um, I mean, I worked with many couples, but these nine couples I, I mention often because they were already separated. These people were like, that's it. There's nothing that could come out of this. We're separated. And so the women had hired me for dating or for other things. And out of these nine couples, eight of them moved back in and made it work, like made their marriage work because the woman started healing And as she started healing, she started invoking a completely different level of relationship and being from him and realized that he was the right guy all along. So whether you're going to leave your man or not, doesn't matter. Whether he is the right guy or the wrong guy, wrong guy doesn't matter. You, when you start doing your own inner work, so wherever you are, you're married, you're divorced, you're single, you're on your way out, whatever it is, step number one, create a love list. And write down the things. And then step number two, look at the live list and see, are many of the things on here based on my own or my parents or my grandparents' trauma? Is this an actual love list from the ideal healed version? Right? So if I write in there, I don't want a man that's going to ever cheat on me. Like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Loyalty is something we all want, but what kind of energy did I just infuse in there? Because let me tell you, I was cheated on in my previous marriage. And when I married Irfan, super loyal, super high value, like super all in, always with us, like everything. And I kept su- uh, suspecting that he's, of course he's cheating. Mm. Because I, that was my, I, that was the lens that I was, and I accused him so many times that he was just like, what is wrong with you? Like, he's like, I'm like, I'm here. He's like, even if I wanted to, like, where, where, where have I found the time? And it was like, it didn't even make sense because he would. Oh, he was even working from home at the time. So he was with me 24 seven. It was like, no, that's my trauma that I need to leave behind. So step number two is that step number three is 
if I want someone funny, am I someone that laughs at jokes? Yes. If I want someone loyal, as am I someone that can trust in that loyalty? If I want someone that's going to lavish me with compliments and affection and gifts, am I someone that's easily receiving? Do I take compliments or do I say, oh, I didn't even wash my hair for two days? Exactly. Or do am I someone that says thank you? Yeah. That's so powerful. That's so Receive it, right? So th that's step number one. So if you're locked down with your partner right now, instead of blaming them or even seeing them as it's irrelevant if they're the right person or not, completely irrelevant. Make that love list as if some people with married women say, I feel like I'm cheating on my partner if I'm making, I've, I've heard this too, if I'm making a love list because do I base it off of his existing qualities? I'm like, no, you are giving an order to the universe right now. And you'd be shocked to believe how many of these women, myself included, actually manifest qualities that we never thought our parent, our partners could have in a million, trillion, gazillion years. All of them, they're doing those things because we made the list, became the reciprocal and allowed them to do it. Wow. That is, Mina, that is so powerful. Yes, girl. Oh my God, get unraveled. And I, I was saying this to my son. It's like, we energetically bound people with, he will never, she will never, that's how she is. No, everyone has full potential to be anything and everything. You have to unbound them from that energetic cord that you have tied around them. Mina, I, I could talk to you forever. As I told you earlier, you have a university with all the videos that you have on YouTube. I'm not even a quarter of the way through the university and my life is transforming. Share with people before we, we go, just where can they find you? Because this work, I truly believe that everybody has the power to do this work. But I also know that you are one of the most powerful teachers in this work. So where can people connect with you, find you, work with you? Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Cassandra. So I have a masterclass called The Million Dollar Babe, which I'm currently giving away um, on my website. So it's theuniverseguru.com. So um, theuniverseguru.com. And you sign up for my email list. And also currently I've been doing two to three uh, of these hangouts a week. Uh, two days ago, we did the Recession Proof Woman. That was my lessons that I learned from the 2008 crash made a vow that I was never going to be in this situation again. And I've in the last 10 years, I've set up over 30 uh, passive streams of income. So I'm, this isn't affecting me. You know, I know it's affecting a lot of people, but every single woman has that option. So I have many different things I do that we just did something on hypnotic sex on how to unleash your hypnotic sexuality. Um, so uh, I'm constantly doing these free, uh, I call them my virtual retreats. So go sign up there. Um, you, you're going to get immediate access to the Million Dollar Babe Masterclass. And the Million Dollar Babe, don't let this phase you. It's not just about a million dollars. Yes, the million dollars will follow when you're in alignment. But it's really about balancing your feminine and your masculine energy and being able to sway between them in a beautiful way. We're not becoming feminine to become 1950s style housewives. Although if that's what you want, that's great too. We all have choices now and I love that. But it's about taking that and recreating our own flavor of femininity. For some women, that's going to look like um, having tattoos and um, wearing leather jackets and then having a ju juicy, oh my God, I have to share the story with you. This was, I'm so ashamed of this moment, but it became such a powerful lesson. A few years ago, I was uh, at this uh, park in Houston where they have like all these food trucks. And I was waiting for my husband to bring us uh, our food. And there was a woman sitting beside me. And I'm so ashamed of the story because I was totally in my judgment of her. But she had all of these like tattoos and she was wearing this like, um, what do they call them? The wife beater kind of thing. And she appeared to be super in her masculine energy. And she was like yelling at the kids not to like be rough with their kids. And I'm like, oh, she's super masculine energy, right? So I'm watching her be super in her masculine. I have these judgments of her. And then her partner shows up. And it was like a different woman emerged. And I was just in awe of this woman. She totally softened up her entire energy. Every cell in her body became feminine. And she was like, oh, thank you. And she's receiving the food that he's giving and putting it. And I was like, what the F just happened here? Like, she just did. It's like, where did the other woman go? But that's what I mean by modern femininity and different flavors. Like I was in my own judgment of what feminine is supposed to look like. I'm wearing a dress, so this is feminine. But that woman knew how to roll like with the sway. 
Yes. Oh, boy. And so you help women learn how to align and then to roll with the sway of both. Yes. You can still be a CEO diva uh, at work. You can you can be doing your, you know, I'm I'm locked up in my, my home office right now doing this. And I've got, you know, dinner on the stove. So I let my husband know that I'm going to put this on low. Can you keep checking on it? And I go out, I'm going to be in my completely different energy. And so this is what I train people is that, you have a nervous system training that is your default go-to and you are just running on autopilot and we have to balance you out so that you, you have control over your energy. And it may look different. It may be a tattooed up CEO diva. It may be a homeschooling mom, but we all have that capability to do that feminine masculine sway. And it's not going to look like all aprons and butterflies and rainbows. It's going to be your own flavor. Yeah, that is amazing. Mina, thank you so much for being on She Runs the Show. I will make sure that everybody has your website, your YouTube channel. Uh, you are a wealth of knowledge and information, but most importantly, you are changing the world with every woman that you serve. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.